so good to have you here. Welcome back to a special edition of the Damon Bruce Show. And what makes this special? We are not talking about sports right now. We're talking about one of my other favorite live activities to go and do, and that has always been stand-up comedy. And I'm very happy to welcome in Jay Chandrasekhar from Broken Lizard. He is coming to town, Cobbs. He's got a show on Thursday night, two shows, an early and late show on Friday, early and late show on Saturday as well. Jay, thank you so much for stopping by, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, as I told you, I, I have worked my way around Broken Lizard. I'm eventually going to get to all of you. That just, it's the way it seems to be. I've gotten to know Steve Lemmy and Kevin Heffernan pretty well. We have gotten uh, drunk. We have gotten high. We have had guacamole in my apartment together. Nothing weird about it. It was all, no, nobody ended up in a body bag or anything like that. No one was kidnapped. But uh, I have enjoyed my time with them, and it is a pleasure to finally get to enjoy some time with you, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I I, I can't. I mean, I'm I'm amazed you got Heffern and, and Lemmy into your apartment. I think that's uh, quite a feat. You know, <laughs> we've been in a lot of weird places, a lot of basements, a lot of houses. You know, like sometimes they'll bring us into a house and and they'll burst into a door and some guy will be sleeping and they'll be like, it's the broken lizard guys. And he's like, what? And then, you know, <laughs> slam the door and then you're smoking on a six foot bong. And it's just, you know, we've had some good travels. So you're traveling up to San Francisco for three shows at Cobb's. Um, five shows, five, five shows, three nights, five shows, three nights at Cobb's. Uh, how long does it take actor, director, writer, stand-up comedian, Jay Chandrasekhar, to prepare for something that you want to now take out on the road. I've heard some sets come to comedians and they're struck like bolts of lightning. I've heard others go into the lab and work on it for months, if not years, to get it right. Uh, I, I feel like such a douchebag asking this way, but Jay, uh, tell us about your process. My process. Well, I have... What I do is I, on this uh, little machine here, I, I have several notes files and maybe six, whatever I'm working on at the time. So I'm writing a novel. Uh, it's called The Wild and the Tamed. I'm, I'm pretty much almost done with it. But if I have an idea for that, I stick it in the little note section. I have a stand-up note section. I have a Super Troopers 3 note section. I've got a, you know, what... Pot fest, whatever, right? Everything, everything that I'm working on, I'm working on a golf movie. Got a little note section for that. So the stand-up note section is probably forty pages long, and it's just as I go through my day, whenever something occurs to me that's funny, I put it in there. And and you know, like I've been doing this act, particular specific act for a little while, and I'm going to record a special in Chicago on July 21st, um, and and photograph it. Once that's done, these jokes will be, will be over. And, and so I'm, I've been starting to pull out stuff from my joke file and kind of starting to craft a new hour. The next time I come to San Francisco, it'll be an all new hour, you know? And, and so it just takes, to me, it's like you, you have to put together something like 14 individual thoughts and expand them into about an hour of, of comedy. You, the only way to do it is to is to go out on the stage and we usually do it here in LA and just, you know, it's set up joke payoff that every bit is set up joke payoff. I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, and so you're trying to like create the setup in as few words as possible, get the jokes going, riff a little and then pay it off somehow. It's amazing how it's, it's equal parts 
like formula, process, and art form all at the same time. And yeah. there is, I don't think there is anything more difficult in terms of just live performances um, than standing up in front of a room with an expectation that you're going to make it laugh. It is one of the, I think, truly incredible gifts that people have when they share them. It's it's always blown me away. When did you first get that itch to where, you know, the sketch comedy in movies became something more than that and, and a desire to get out there and risk bombing, risk, risk it all, you know, you know, Barry Badranath was really funny on the, on the movie screen, but tonight I don't, you know, like when did you decide to just go all back in and, and bring it back to the stage? I mean, it's high rope, tight, tight, tight rope walking. It's high rope. And it's the best of us uh, are of the mind that, you know, if we think something is funny, then there'll be other people out there who think it's funny. And even when you bomb, the funny part about bombing is that the audience looks at you and they say, oh, he thought that was funny. And it's funny that he thought that was funny and that we didn't think it was funny. And now that's funny. And so that's what the courage part is. You're like, I don't, you know, if I go up and do this bit and it doesn't work, I'm still making Super Troopers 3. I'm still making Potfest. I'm still Barry <laughs> Like, And I got all these other jokes that are going to work, right? So it, it, in, and the reality is that kind of confidence ends up infusing that joke with some amount of funny. Just, the, just that I think this is funny and I'm willing to say it into this machine that amplifies my voice to really let you know how funny I think it is. And it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. In the beginning, when they don't know who you are and don't give you an, an inch, it's much harder. Like you go up there. I went up when I was 19, you know, before I'd been in the movies, you know, I was in a, an improv group in Chicago and uh, I, I had gone to Chicago from Colgate University for a semester to decide if I was going to make a go at it in show business. And I was like, if I can make strangers laugh, I'm going to I'm going to try show business. And so I get in this improv group. Chris Farley is in the top improv group. I'm in the bottom. I was like 19. He was probably 24. So Second City. It, well, it was a spinoff of Second City. Okay. It was the Improv Olympic right before Chris went to Second City. Okay. And he was in the greatest improv group in the country. And I was in the worst one. And because we were all the beginners. And I was going up on stage doing this improv. Nobody was laughing. And I'm like, this is a nightmare. Because not only is this a very difficult format to entertain and we're making everything up right there but also the people i'm with are like that's just some guy's mother and that's fucking some dude who's an accountant who doesn't want it you know like they're just random they're not even performers necessarily and what happened was i was like this is not working i'm not getting people laughing so i signed up for an open mic across town in chicago and i wrote 10 minutes of jokes and i went up and i performed them and i was so nervous i i, I got through 10 minutes of jokes in about five um you know, the rhythm is just lightning fast. Right. And uh, Hello, everybody, get, and welcome to the show tonight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck off stage. And eventually, well, what happened was they laughed. And I was like, oh, there you go. And so I continued to do stand-up that fall while I did improv and bombed. Uh, and occasionally when I do stand-up, I would bomb. And I learned, you know, the problem is the setup 
had too many words or not enough words. It wasn't clear enough, right? You, I didn't know about setup, punchline, payoff. I didn't know. I had to learn it, right? So it was really a matter of like, I had to kind of learn it on my own. And once you do, you're like, oh, every joke, you can see it set up, you know, you know, like, like Chris Rock, his setups, what he does is he repeats the setups three times so that they're really burned. The man's, well, the most important thing a father can do is keep his daughter off the pole. You got to keep your daughter off the pole. And he says it again and again. You're like, okay, got it. Can't keep daughter off the pole. And then he tells the jokes, probably something about her wearing a little skirt or whatever it is, right? But you burn the setup in and then you can crack jokes. What is the more satisfying uh, delivery that an appreciative audience gives you? That in-person laughter to you on the stage or there you are sitting at a premiere that you have directed and you realize like, holy shit, not a little of this is working. The whole thing is working. You know, an hour and, you know, an hour and a half is just washed over an incredibly happy audience. Where do you get the bigger kick out of? Well, you know, they're both incredible, right? I mean, like the, the thing about a live audience is you can feel the energy physically. Like I, I did some shows. I opened up for this comic Joe Coy, who's like, you know, brilliant. He, yeah. When he, comes, when he comes to San Francisco, he sells out three 18,000 seats yeah. in a row. And so I went up and did shows in, in Orlando with like 9,000 people there. And I was doing my jokes and the laughter kind of blows you off your feet a little bit. And it, like you physically kind of, because the sound wave hits you. And it's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, and when Joe does it with 18,000, I mean, he's feeling that fucking sound wave over and over. Uh, uh, it's pretty great. Um, cause it's, it's, it's more courageous cause you're, you got a light in your face and, and, and it's more high risk in a movie, you know, you're in the dark, you're listening. You're like, uh, this, uh, but by the way, I mean, that's a great, the, you know, the movies are interesting because, they're a year. They're a couple of years in the making. They are a uh, really what they are is like a proof of concept. Like you went into a mo to a movie executive office two years earlier and said, "We got to make a movie about a competitive beer drinking team that competes against other beer drinking teams internationally, and they'll play beer games." And the executive goes, "I think people will go." I'm like, "I'm sure of it." And you've been saying this for so long and then you wrote the script and then you photographed it and, you're, nah, nah, nah. and now let's find out if i was right or they were right <laughs> and it's it's you know it's the beauty of of high stakes it's a beauty of show business it's high stakes if you fail you know your career could end what i think is incredible about broken lizard's story and to an extent very much your story is that with remarkable you know straight up popular and cult-like success of the first super troopers getting the second super troopers made was such a chore for you you figured that you guys would kind of be flipped the keys and trusted by hollywood at this point in time but it's like you always have to go and, and reprove yourself and the way that you guys just sort of did that independently 
Uh, and, and look at what you did to Brian Cox's career, for goodness sakes. He's, you know, he's on one of the great television shows of all time now on Succession, although he currently not on Succession, didn't make it, no spoilers. Uh, but um, it, it's amazing, and I've talked about this extensively with Steve and Kevin about how just when you think you made it, you found out that someone still insists that it might not work, it isn't going to work, and it, it's, it's incredible what you guys did, and Super Troopers 2 I thought did as much to live up to the billing and the high bar that you guys set in Super Troopers one, and it worked on, on every level. It really did. It was hysterical. Yeah, I mean, you know, these bets are are are, you know, Hollywood is full of of gamblers, right? I mean, these bets are made by these studio executives, and they are like, I'm going to bet this works, and I'm going to bet twenty million dollars on 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 the fact that it's going to work. <laughs> And if it works, I'll make 60, whatever. If it doesn't, I'll lose $20 million. And if I have enough losses, I'll be fired. Uh, and so they're, they're, they're constantly looking for that thing that can make them money. Uh, and they looked at it and they're like, I don't know, guys. It's 15 years have passed. I just don't know. Do people really want to see another one? I mean, it's 15 years ago. Sure, it was four years ago. Sure, but no, it's fifteen. And so you know, we did that crowdfunding thing, and we fifty-five thousand people gave us five point seven million or something. Incredible. Um, and they were like, "What? There's <laughs> oh, incredible, right?" They, and once that happened, they suddenly were like, "Okay, okay, okay. Can we give you some money for this movie?" Uh, and and you know, in the end, they gave us about three to make it, and they spent about ten to promote it. So I mean, they they were in deep. Uh, and once that movie came through and made them all that money, they realized, you know, Broken Lizard is is an, has always had that independent spirit. And the films that they make are primarily indie style films in the studio. Uh, they're talking about Searchlight here. And, and, you know, they make Oscar kind of movies. And they were like, you know, the Broken Lizard guys, if we just keep giving them the keys now, they'll make us money so we can make these movies that are set in France and these movies that are about valets in England and these movies, you know, the movies they really want to make, they're right. going to win the Oscar. So like we can help fund them by making our R rated uh, uh, cult in, in indie kind of films that are still can get very profitable. Never underestimate the power of the dick joke. That's right. The well-told <laughs> smart dick joke. Uh, Jay Chandrasekhar is at Cobbs Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Early and late show on Friday and Saturday. Tickets are available at the box office. Go to CobbsComedy.com to go ahead and pick up your tickets. Um, you did say Super Troopers 3. You did say Beer Fest 2. You even alluded to a Weed Fest 1. Uh, what is going on with all three of those? Super Troopers 3, we've written 12 drafts, turned it into the studio. It's a movie they are eager to make quickly. Uh, but we're in a strike right now. The Writers Guild uh, has, That's which I'm a member, question, we've okay. struck. Yeah. Uh, so we're not writing. And they can't give us comments on the, on the movie. And there's nothing being made. Production is effectively halted. You know, like wherever people are shooting shows, writers are showing up and picketing. And then the actors don't want to cross the picket line. And then the Teamsters, you know. Things you are... see the video of Mandy Patinkin yelling at everyone today? No. Mandy Patinkin is out there like, without writers, we got nothing. We'll give them everything, you 
fucking crooked movie executives. I mean, Patinkin was going for it. It was awesome. I know. I love that. I love to hear that. I didn't know that, but I love to hear that. Uh, and um, Weed Fest uh, is really just a, 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 it's about four or five different, totally divergent ideas. And Broken Lizard has had a hard time deciding on one. And I am going to, during the strike, force a decision onto one. And once we do, uh, uh, it, I, I believe I believe we'll make that movie. I really, really believe that. If we don't, I think, um, you know, the our audience will, they might get violent. Like the, like the, the comments, <laughs> the comments are always, regardless, we just made a movie called Quasi, which is on Hulu, by the way, a 12th century French. It's like a Python-esque movie. It's, it's, it's set in 12th century France. Steve Levy plays a hunchback. I play the King of France. Paul Sutter <laughs> plays the Pope. It's a political thriller with violence and blood and English accents. It, it's doing great, but it doesn't matter. The audience is like, where's fucking Potfest? And we get it. <laughs> we get it. Um, but Weedfest and Potfest and Beerfest too, that's all the same thing. It is good to be wanted and People want more broken lizards in their life. I'll tell you, to me, the rewatchability of Club Dread is another testament to what you guys have done. I think that that is one of the funnier movies in the last 20 plus years. I really do. It is it is so absolutely absurd the whole way through that for some reason it actually works. And I love <laughs> when uh, Heffernan was telling me about making out with Marcus Allen's girlfriend at the time while Marcus Allen was right there on the set and how much fun that was. <laughs> yeah. Marcus came down a lot. Uh, I don't blame him. I mean, we were all single and carousing, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he and I played a lot of golf together. Um, uh, and he's a great guy, really great guy, but yeah, he was standing there. He was standing there while Heffernan was hooking up with his girlfriend. Um, how's your game? How, how's your game? Um, a seven uh, handicap. Um, you're you going to get down to pebble or spyglass while you're in the Bay. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to play the Presidio, I believe. Uh, and, and after that, I'm not sure. I, I, I may head down there. Nice. I play seven days a week. Um, and in fact, I wrote a Scottish golf movie that turns into The Hangover. Um, that, um, you know, once the strike is over, that, that, that one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make, try to make happen. It's so cool. Of all the hats that you do wear, if you were only allowed to go forward wearing one of them, which would you choose? And I know that that's a loaded question because uh, you're good at what you do. You're a funny comedian. You are a hell of a writer. You are a very good director. You're, you know, sort of the, the leader of this crazy comedy troupe. You get to do one for the rest of your life. You got to give up the others. Would, where would you go? Well, I mean, you're saying I, I, if I wrote it, I couldn't direct it. Yeah, I get. Yeah. <laughs> well and if i if I, but i could be a stand-up i could write and, and do the do the jokes there right i think right. this premise is probably a little too deep right now <laughs> what's your favorite thing to do i guess it would be my thing what what gives you the most personal satisfaction when you lay down you're like god that was fun to me making a movie is telling a joke right so right it's coming up with the concept then writing it then shooting it and then editing it, right? I mean, it's all uh, one a piece of one. So if I could only write 
I would know that the director was going to do it a little differently than I intended it, and it would break my heart. And if I could only direct, I could never fix the lines the way I believe they should be fixed, and it would break my heart. <laughs> and if I could only act, I could I would have to say what somebody else said completely, and that would break my heart. I don't think so. I think I would be a stand-up if I could write it and perform it. That's what I would do. Because cool. that to me at least is purity of joke telling. Well, and that purity of joke telling will be on display at Cobb's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Go get your tickets. Cobbscomedy.com. Jay Chandrasekhar of Broken Lizard. Barry Badranath. I mean, how cool is it that we finally... Well, uh, look, it probably wasn't that cool for you. It was pretty cool for me that no, I got to great. connect with another member of Broken Lizard. I do think you guys are just a you know a, one of the funniest modern comedy troops out there. I can't even really name another... Like all those guys fall under the umbrella of this comedy troupe that's even working right now and, and does so much. It's the friendship that you guys have just it falls off the screen. It's real. And, and that's you. what I think is so cool about it. Who among you, though? I mean, we just saw freaking short round from Temple of Doom go on to win an Oscar. So it can come from anywhere. An Oscar can come from anywhere who in Broken Lizard is most likely to win an Oscar for acting? You cannot include yourself for directing. Steve Lemmy. Steve. I think he's, I think he's the best all-around actor in our group. I, every time I watch him, I'm like, so good. So enjoyable. So fun. I mean, his, his portrayal of Juan Castillo in Club Dread is like, and the moment in particular when he dies and uh, and he's sort of like about to sink into the water uh, and he's like trying to get the two women to kiss. Yeah. He's like, I always wanted to see that. And then he dies. I'm like that. What a hell of a de death scene that is. Uh, who came up with Penelope? Uh, Kevin Heffernan and I were in a movie theater theater on 86th and Broadway and we were watching the movie Carlito's Way, and we were high as fruit bats, and we were in the fourth <laughs> row because we always sat in the fourth row. And these young, young, like teenage kids were in the third row. It was a pretty crowded theater, and the Penelope Ann Miller's name came up on on the on the screen, and a kid in, in front of us goes, "Penelope, what kind of name is Penelope?" And we were just snickering and we ran home and wrote it down and then eventually we're like penelope <laughs> absolutely brilliant uh you said that you are working on a couple of things that actually aren't movies right now uh you're developing an app tell me about the podcast that you're cooking up uh people are going to want to find out what you're doing man where is it okay the podcast is called mustache tales uh it's who wants a mustache ride? Uh, who wants a mustache ride? That's right. My friend Hayes MacArthur, who he played um, one of the uh, he, the Mounties with the he had glasses on in Super Troopers too. Yes, he's a Chicago guy, and he and I have had a lot of funny conversations off camera, and so we decided to put it together. And so the two of us are doing an interview podcast, uh, and we've done about four episodes. Or I think we're going to drop it today or tomorrow. I'm not even sure. Mustache, mustache tales. You'll be able to get it wherever podcasts are available. Um, and then I, you know, about years, like back when Super Troopers came out in the theaters, 
it had come off a Sundance run that was magical. I mean, the place, they just loved us at Sundance and we sold the movie to Searchlight. Everything was great. The movie comes out and on Rotten Tomatoes, we get a 36% fresh rating. And I was like, what? You were at Sundance, you didn't see? And I thought, you know, who are these reviewers, right? Who are these reviewers? They're just like strangers who are paid to review movies. And I'm like, well, when's the last time you walked up to a stranger on the street and said, hey, what movie should I see? Uh, and so I was like, this is not right. I'm going to get revenge on this whole Rotten Tomatoes aggregator system because it's depressing our box office. You know, when we look, like, Beerfest got a 35% fresh rate. And you're like, we got a review out of Arizona from a woman called Grandma's Reviews. And her review was, I didn't like Beerfest because there was too much drinking. Oh, and I'm okay. like, Grandma, yeah. Grandma, it's not meant for you, Grandma. Right. And so. The point is this. You wouldn't walk up to your grandma and say, should I see this R-rated movie? This is not, doesn't make sense. Right. And so you aggregate all these people and you get this number and it makes no sense. So I stewed for 16 years and then I started building an app with these with these guys, Eric Colbert and Eli Saz. And we built an app called VouchVault. And the premise is, it's basically the Instagram of recommendations, right? So you follow your friends and they say, I like Goodfellas. I like the new show on Apple TV, Blackbird. I like uh, Kazu Nori, the sushi restaurant that's just rolls. I like um, uh, uh, Callaway Golf Irons. I like these Titleist uh, Woods. I like this golf ball. I like that resort. Uh, it's all exactly only what you like. So that if you, if I say, hey, I like super, I like uh, The Hangover. You can also you can trust my opinion because I also like Ted and I like the Holy Grail. And you're like, oh, I get it. This guy knows this. We like the same kind of right. movies. On the same wavelength. Yes. And so it's called Vouch Vault. You can get it anywhere. The apps are. are we got about 10,000 people on there. And uh, we're just kind of building this thing. And the goal for me is to put a bullet in Rotten Tomatoes and end that stupid system. And so that I'll, when you want to go to a movie, you'll be like, well, should I go see this movie? Oh, my friends have seen it. Oh, three or four of them have seen it. Okay, I can trust that. I'm going to go. Instead of, what does this reviewer at the New York Times think who I've never met and don't know if they smoke weed and don't know if they like R-rated movies? They don't. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Tell, tell me what this 55-year-old man thought of the Taylor Swift concert. It really exactly. wasn't for him. You know, it exactly. really, really wasn't for him. Exactly. Uh, Jay, good luck with everything this Thank weekend you. at Cobbs. Uh, it was a real pleasure getting to talk to you. You're such an interesting guy. You're such it feels like every time you put your fingerprints on something, it turns into something very successful. Uh, continued success to you. And just on the way out the door, has my chances of getting a walk on maybe one line appearance in one of these movies gone from zero to at least 3% in this three. That's pretty high. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Jay, thank you so very much for joining thank me. You. Good luck with everything. Break a leg at Cobbs, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Jay Chandrasekhar of broken lizard here on the Damon Bruce show. How cool was that? There is forget about comedians in cars selling co or getting coffee. This is, comedians on the internet selling tickets that's what we're doing here go and see him this weekend at Cobbs. there he goes jay chandrasekhar here on the damon bruce show awesome to have him thank you for joining us i'm sure we'll get back to sports soon but in the meantime feel free to laugh a little in life go to a live comedy show it's officially good for you thanks so much for tuning in